Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Based on a successful New York play, Charlie Victor Romeo charts the fatal descent of six airline crashes. With dialogue based on actual black box recordings, the film shows pilots and airline attendants in the cockpit fighting for their passengers' lives and trying to do battle with their imminent panic. Shot on 3D, Charlie Victor Romeo proves that the stereophonic lensing is not reserved for epic studio productions only. We're joined today by one of the co-directors of Charlie, Victor, Romeo, Patrick Daniels. Patrick, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much. Glad to join you. Well, thank you for being here. And um, I guess the obvious question uh, for a film like this, because it's such an unusual premise, is where did this idea uh, originate? Well, uh, in 1999, uh, the co-creators of Charlie, Victor, Romeo, the theater piece, which our, our 3D film is based on, uh, Robert Berger and Irving Gregory were having a, we call it a discourse, others might call it an argument about uh, the uh, impending millennium change and reality television programming. At that moment in 99 that you were on television, you had a sort of limited choice in that respect. We had cops. We had American Gladiators, I think, was probably one of the other reality programs. And then, you know, certainly the game shows, gong show, et cetera, that kind of yeah. Those are sort of precursors to the whole genre. Um, and they were discussing it as if the, you know, sort of the rise of this type of programming was a reaction to what we've talked about as millennialism. People sort of losing their minds at the turn of the century and this last time around the turn of the millennium manifest. Uh, you know, the whole of Y2K panic. Is right. another thing. Right. So um, they uh, were having this conversation and... Uh, Bob likes to talk about cops as a, a sort of a mediated reality. It's not actually a cop car and cops dealing with criminals. It's uh, the camera in the cop car. And the, everyone in the situation is very aware of that camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, that, that came into the conversation. And then they were uh, they were in a bookstore, and Bob uh, handed Irving a book that had a, a cockpit voice recorder transcript in it and went to purchase a book and came back and saw that Irving was reading one of the transcripts looked at it over his shoulder and said, hey, you know, this might be a really good idea to play. Irving immediately agreed because it is indeed a fascinating idea. Um, and they came and found me, and we, within a few hours, had basically come up with the basics of how you might produce it as a theater piece. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided the sort of the basics about how we would uh, try and work our way into the material. Um and we, you know, we started to work. Uh, the, our group, Collective Unconscious, in New York City, is a pretty, we're a loose, uh, sort of collaborative, affiliated group of, you know, 15 or 20 artists. Um, and the work is sort of always going on, even when you're sitting having a drink or, you know, with your morning coffee or whatever. There's conversations become uh, performance, become art construction pretty readily and sometimes pretty quickly. Hmm. Okay. Well, it, okay, so from that became the play and evolved into the play. Was it always staged? Now, the film, um, uh, Charlie Victor Romeo, is staged very, it's very minimal. You're in the cockpit. Uh, there's not an awful lot of uh, visual enhancements to that to that effect or to that uh, scene. 
Uh, was this was the a play staged in a very similar way, or was it a, a different sort of layout to how you? Uh... What you see in film is uh, exactly uh, represents the stage performance. Mm-hmm. We in fact performed what you saw in the film and what your listeners will see when they come and see Charlie Vic Romeo is uh, actually a filming of a live a series of live performances of the theater piece. Okay. Um, and so the set itself that you see in the film is the touring set that toured the play uh, for years off and on um, overseas and in the States. Mm-hmm. And the production itself is almost to the word, to the movement, uh, the same as you experience that you would have in the live experience. Okay. Now, um, it, well, you you touched on how the, the material came into being, obviously, from started with their discussion, the book, and then the play. Um, was there anything in, in pulling out the particular stories that you chose to uh, put in Charlie Victor Romeo? Um, there were, are there certain characteristics you were looking for? Was there yeah. anything in, in the way that you, sh- you chose the material? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the ways of production at Collective Unconscious, not only a theater group, but also a theater space, is that we ran three shows a night. Um, an eight, a 10, and a midnight show on the weekends. And so uh, most everything has to fit within that time frame. And so we needed uh, content that in its entirety was going to run an hour or maybe a little more because we needed to change over from our show to the next show. Mm-hmm. We wanted uh, content that was going to hang together as a sort of cohesive item, the, the whole experience itself. Mm-hmm. We also wanted content that was going to show some of the various things that can happen, some of the various things that can go wrong in uh, in these kind of situations. We wanted content that would be accessible to people that don't know anything about aviation, and we wanted content that would not be... Uh, we, would, we didn't want to dumb it down for those people, and we also needed content that was going to be interesting from a professional aviator's point of view as well. Hmm. Uh, when we first started uh, sort of thinking about how we were going to stage it, one of the imperatives throughout the process was we are preparing this as if the audience opening night will be veteran airline captains to the last man or woman. Mm-hmm. And that was that helped us from a sort of seriousness of purpose point of view, but it also helped us to, to make sure that we were trying, we, we tried as much as possible uh, to be accurate for that sake. Yeah. Well, uh, so to that, well, and by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with the uh, co-director of the film, Charlie Victor Romeo. Uh, com- coming out January 31st here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. It will be playing at the Downtown Independent Theater, which is a wonderful, wonderful space in uh, in downtown Los Angeles, right off of Fourth, uh, near the kind of the Art District. Uh, um, and it's a beautiful place to go, and the people there just are great for a film-going experience. Along with co-directors of Charlie Victor Romeo, uh, Robert Berger and uh, Carlin Michelson. Now, and also, I just want to once again review the premise of this film, um, and that is that Charlie Victor Romeo charts the fatal descent of six real airline crashes with dialogue from actual black box recordings. Um, I do want to get to this because I think it's important when people hear the premise, I've had this reaction, so I'm sure you have as well, that, oh my God, how would I want to sit and in, in experience, why would I want to go to see this? And I and I would quickly tell them uh, and encourage them to go see this because uh, it is the resourcefulness and the uh, the the uh, determination of the crew members, the pilots, the co-pilots, the engineers that make this such a uh, 
in some ways, encouraging film. What are your thoughts on that, um, Patrick? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult question, and it's a difficult premise. to. And, and throughout the history of the piece, we've had this conversation or similar ones many, many times. And what we turn to, and we've been able to pretty early on, we had uh, pilots come and see the performance piece. Mm -hmm. And pilots have come and seen the film as well. And they are appreciative of the fact that it's accurate. And they're appreciative of the fact that we're not showing something that is sort of unrealistic from an aviation point of view. So there's that. And that's super helpful. Because to be able to say to someone who says, this seems ghoulish, or I wouldn't want to see that because it sounds horrible. To be able to say to someone that says that, well, you know, the pilots uh, professionally that have come to see this say that it's accurate. They say that it's uh, right on the money. They we're showing something that's very realistic in that yeah. respect. That's a, that's a real bonus. Yeah. Um, it's also nice to be able to have the sort of anecdotal stories to tell about people's experiences watching the film. We have had many, many people over the years uh, refer to the theater piece as uplifting yep. or spiritual. And now with the with the cinema product, it's more of the same. It's amazing how people respond to this content. I mean, going in, people are afraid. Walking out, they are they're thanking us for a really intense and difficult experience, but an experience that is informative and uplifting. Yeah, it is. It is true. And to that point. Um, the uh, did did you have any uh, initial resistance when uh, going back to the play in staging these particular um, incidents, uh, airline incidents, or was there a level of cooperation, or was there a mixture of, the, of those two? To well, uh, we went ahead and did what we did without asking anyone. Okay. Um, the content itself, well, the the transcripts are an addendum to the National Transportation Safety Board's investigations in the case of the American incidents that we portray. Mm -hmm. um, and so once they're done with their investigation, that material is actually in the public domain. Um, so in terms of getting the transcript itself, it's available to the public. There are also lots and lots and lots of transcripts of black box recordings on the Internet. There are websites devoted to this content. Um, and so it's, it's, it's pretty available. And we, we just, I mean, first of all, this initially was, we were going to do this for two weeks and then drop it and go do something else. People responded to the, to the thing. And so we decided to continue doing it and eventually we made the film. Now, very early on, we had uh, a guy that wrote for, a, there was a, this is, you know, in 99, you have to remember the internet was, you know, different than it is today. There was, you know, less blogging and more kind of, you know, news group kind of uh, internet, uh, you know, go-betweens between between people. There was a, a place called AvWeb, and uh, this guy that wrote there wrote a really, really amazing review of the play from a pilot's point of view. Yeah. Um, and so what happened is that, and that was pretty well read, is a general aviation website, and people read that, and pilots came to see the thing. And they gave us notes about what we were doing wrong, <laughs> and they helped us to correct it and make it more accurate and more uh, sort of accurately reflective of the way that these things might transpire. So there is cert there has certainly been people saying, why would you do that? But as, again, as soon as they see it, and as soon as they talk to the, us and the people that were performing in, these, in the vignettes within the piece, they begin to get an understanding that we're sort of serious about the content and that we're not treating it lightly and we're not, we're not making, uh, 
we're not making a bad situation worse. We're not we're not uh, taking advantage of this for our own ends. We're we're trying to present something sort of honestly and directly. Well, and uh, by the way, in addition to uh, being one of the co-directors of the film, uh, Charlie Victor Romeo, um, you were also in the film uh, as one of the cast members. Now, there's probably, I'm going to guess, seven or eight people total. What am I I'm looking here? Uh, uh, yes. Uh, and, uh, and so they, uh, you, uh, the cast appears in these different scenarios in different configurations. Um, wonderfully, by the way, everyone is really, I mean, it's it's really well acted, and I, I think that's another thing that has to be said. In addition to this very interesting premise and this very interesting staging, and it's shot in 3D, everyone is terrific in the film um, and um, casting this. Were they part of the uh, uh, collective un- unconscious, or or they just how did they uh, how did you cast this film? Uh, some of them, yes, and the film is cast from people that. Uh, have been for years now performing the stage piece, which is actually beneficial for working on the film because the a lot of the acting work yeah. that you might uh, that we didn't have to create anything new from that point of view, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and myself and Irving and Bob Berger are, I believe, the only ones at this in this iteration that you've seen that are actually involved in collective unconscious. Irving has left us actually, he lives in uh, Sydney, Australia now. Okay. So for all intents and purposes, he's not really involved anymore, but he's, he's with us in spirit at all times. Um, but so- in terms of casting it, itself, when we first cast the show, we needed people who for obvious reasons, were going to commit fully to the material itself. And the people that we had around us at collective, both people who were directly involved and people who were involved in, you know, performance and creating various artistic efforts there um, are the kind of people who are, we did a lot of, uh, I mean, it's a very sort of low budget production, but we relied very heavily on uh, technology, computer technology and audio technology. Um, And that is that, that kind of bent our, our need for that kind of tech, you know, kind of intense, cool gearhead kind of stuff. Fed the the needs for this type of content. Yeah. So that's where we come from. People that can reenact the run on the Death Star in the first Star Wars movie. Right. Right. Well, and again, uh, the uh, there is uh, the banter before some 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 of these incidents begin to unfold in a more serious way that is spot on. I mean, everything feels just right. Um, and I, I don't want to. I hate to do this, but it's singling out any one, any particular vignette in, in in this. But because they're all very interesting, they really are. Um, but uh, I was really taken with the. Uh, I'll just all I can remember now is the Peruvian, um, which uh, the. Uh, oh. Yes, Arrow Peru six hundred three. Yeah. Uh, who was uh, who was a co-pilot on that? A woman named Debbie Trochet. She was, okay, I wasn't sure if it was Debbie or Nora, but okay. Just, I mean, everyone's great. I don't mean, I just, I thought there, there was a, just the back and forth be, in within that scene was just remarkable. And I thought uh, the whole thing played, uh, uh, this, I, again, I'm, I'm hesitant to even say that out loud because they're all very good. <laughs> they're very, very good. Uh, but it's some, some, sometimes you just, some things just strike you uh, a little differently uh, in, sure. in watching film. But uh um, the division of labor, in terms of uh, the uh, y- your co-directors Robert uh, Berger and uh, Carlin Michelson and yourself, uh, how did that play out? Well, uh, initially, uh, Bob and I have been talking for years about making a, a cinematic product out of this, um, along with Irving and some of the other people that have been in the show over the years. There have been way you know talk 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 about how we might do this, um, and. 
So when we began to actually enter uh, pre-production for the for the shoot, um, Bob wanted to bring in a friend of his, Carla Michelson, who's a documentary producer and a shooter, as well as a first-rate editor. Um, initially, we talked to her just in the context of sort of editing and helping Bob organize the sort of technical camera shooting, editing side of the work. Um, but as we progressed through the experience of pre-production and then actually did the shoot and then the editing process, um, it became obvious that um, there was enough work to go around for, for the three of us. She has expertise that we needed. Um, I have expertise that we needed. Bob has expertise that we need. Carlin joined us in May of 2012, um, and Bob and I started working on this in September of uh, 1999. And 19 when? 1999. 99 with the play, and then that's correct. Now the, so we the, we like to think of the play as deep pre-production for the film. <laughs> that's that is a good way to look at it. Yes. Okay. And then when did the actual? You said the actual filming began. Uh, we shot uh, for three days in August of 2012. Okay. It was three evenings of performance, and then during uh, two of those days, those days we did pickup shots. Fantastic. And then uh, from there, the film, uh, by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Patrick Daniels, one of the co-directors of the new film, Charlie Victor Romeo. It comes out uh, January 31st here in Los Angeles at the Downtown Independent. And we're fortunate to be able to have Patrick join us uh, here in Los Angeles for uh, a couple of days worth of screenings, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Right? That's right. 31st through uh, this. I'll be, three, I'll be 31st and then Saturday and Sunday that weekend. I'm flying back to New York on Monday afternoon. But I'll be at the Downtown Independent. We're going to do a question and answer there. Uh, one of our associate producers, Sam Zuckerman, who is also a performer in the, in the film, will be joining me for those question and answer sessions. Now, uh, the, the film is shot in uh, 3D, uh, which makes, again, there, you know, the, it, it's interesting. This is not a, a giant blockbuster Hollywood production. Uh, so it's, it's unusual to hear ab- about that. What was, the, what was sort of part of the, uh, the thinking in, in shooting this in, in 3D? Well, for years, it's been a catching, a sticking point for us. How do you transfer a live experience into the cinema? What do you do? How do you how do you how do you achieve that? Um, and so, in the beginning of the produ- of the pre production period, I was looking. I was actually uh, sort of going through my list of places that I know about to to use to. Just, we needed space to shoot the thing. We needed space to work on it. And uh, my wife, Katerina, who's also one of the producers of the film, Katerina Barta, suggested that I contact uh, Three Legged Dog in New York City. Um, and so I I made an appointment to meet with the artistic director there. And what I was expecting to be like me saying, hey, how much will you rent me that room for became a, a pitch on, from his end uh, to instead of just rent space from them, do a residency at their space and shoot our film in, in 3D. Okay. They, have a, they have a program called 3LB 3D Plus, which is uh, their idea is that you should use 3D camera technology to archive live theater experiences. Because what you end up with is a really beautiful piece of cinematic art, potentially, rather than just a sort of crappy lockdown archival video of your play. Gotcha. And it's a fantastic idea. And, and, for our, and from, our, from our point of view, I mean, to be honest, I was skeptical of doing this for just simply because 3D is, in my mind, is, is sort of overwhelmingly used in a sort of gimmick way rather than any other way. Yeah. But um, when I saw the content, um, so we worked with a, 
uh, shooter crew from uh, NHK, the Japanese television company, mm-hmm. uh, has a, a 3D crew that they, they hired out to us. We went to their offices in lower Manhattan and saw uh, some of the 3D content. It was fantastic. It was amazing to look at this stuff. And really, you know, they're shooting like rock and roll shows. Mm-hmm. They're shooting baseball games. They're shooting nature shows. And it's not, it's, it's really about the sort of immersiveness that's possible, even when you're looking at a flat movie screen or a flat television screen. It's incredible because the idea of it from their point of view is, yeah, they're recording something, but they're trying to bring the viewer to the experience. And so from our point of view, that was a really interesting way of going about this. We still were kind of skeptical about doing it, um, but we made the sort of stepped off the cliff in a way and did it. And it's paid dividends. It's really, I think it enhances the live experience. Certainly there's a piece that's missing and that's, we're not in the same room with the performer anymore. That's, uh, that's undeniably not there. However, the experience that you have in the cinema is an enhancement of what you would experience in the live theater space because you get to see multiple views of the same object, which in a theater experience you wouldn't get. You sit where you sit and you watch and you see what you see. But in this movie, you get something cut together. You see multiple angles and you see a lot of what we decided was sort of important for the audience to see. You have the proverbial best seat in the house, which is actually moving around the set. And that is that is kind of the tension between uh, live theater and, and and film in in a in a sort of in a way anyway. But again, yeah. and again, you're as close to uh, that theatrical experience as you can get. In you're performing in front of a live audience, so there's the the energy that the the actors are feeding off of from from being in the room with them. And in 3D, you as you said, you're immersed in it. And it's nice to see this because it is a reality, just as you described at the beginning of our interview, this is a reality situation. So it, it, all of those elements come together in a way that isn't like watching Transformers 10 or whatever god-awful thing we're going to be subjected to in the <laughs> theaters. It is, is, it's, it, is, it is much more, uh, I don't know how to say, much more, uh, God, I hate to say real, but it's just, it's, there's it's something better about it. How's that? It's better. It's great. Yeah. It's, 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 it's flattering for you to say that. And I, I, on a sort of aesthetic level, I might agree with you at times. However, there are, you know, when I go to the movies, I want to see Transformers 10 in some ways just as much as I want to see Charlie Vic Romeo, but for different reasons. Yeah. I, I, you know, when I went to see Pacific Rim with my kid, I took him to the IMAX theater in Manhattan and it was amazing. And we were blown away. We were trying to reach out and touch that stuff. And there was a really wonderful experience we had there. But uh, one of what Charlie Vic Romeo brings and the 3D helps this. Yeah. is this intimate, very close, very emotional, very private personal experience between the viewer and the, the performer. And that's that's a that's as spectacular in, in many ways as any of the sort of huge budget uh, Hollywood blockbusters that you refer to. Well, I'm generally with you. I don't. I don't mean to backtrack on what I say, <laughs> but <laughs> but I I, I I I enjoyed Gravity. I thought it was just an amazing film, and and I saw it in two and three D, and I really enjoyed both experiences. But I, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, just this this new technology needs to be embraced, and, and the fact is that, that this is a smaller budget film, and it's embraced three uh, D and it's made it work, and that is encouraging for a lot of filmmakers. I'm sure just on that level alone. Um, now, now post production, you you got the film ready, so you submit it to Sundance. Very well received at Sundance, right? 
yes. And not only very well received, but we had a, you know, one of the things that I wasn't personally prepared for was how uh, the the organizers of Sundance and all the people that were working for the festival were so supportive of the artistic effort. It's amazing. And festivals in general, that's sort of the idea, right? I mean, yeah. I, I just wasn't prepared for the kind of, you know, oh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> this is amazing. And your, your creativeness and well, you know, it just went on and on and on. Because, you know, where I'm from and the people that I work with, like, we don't do any of that. We're yelling and screaming at each other and arguing about it most of the time. And like, you suck. I don't want to, you know, like that. And so it's just this, this amazing response. And when the premiere event, actually, um, unfortunately for the Sundance Film Festival, the technology, the 3D technology failed. And so they ended up trying to troubleshoot the gear that they had. And it turned out there was some issue with the 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 device itself and so mm-hmm. they made they made the choice to screen the film in 2d for our premiere at sundance everyone in the room there were, and it was in the prospector hall which seats something like somewhere around 300 folks everybody stayed 45 minutes we had to wait until the thing screened mm-hmm. and then after the film everybody stayed for the q a and we didn't get any like oh well i really needed to see that in 3d and blah 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 <laughs> It was amazing, and the and so and the questions that we fielded that evening were about the content, yeah. and what that what that indicates is that, you know, well, I think the audiences at something like Sundance are ready for that kind of thing. It's festival, you know, things are going to happen. They're banging movies in and out of these movie theaters all day long, um, but they also are there to appreciate the artistic effort, yeah. and the fact that they stuck around and were interested in the content and had a lot of really good observations to make and really interesting questions that they that proposed, proposed to us was just uh, what an amazing experience. You know, and of course, you know, who doesn't want to take a film to Sundance, right? Right, right. Well, and again, I, I you know, it's great. That's very encouraging to hear because I'll tell you why, because I'm not going to bang any of the other film festivals, but you can tell that there is a level of commitment on the part of Sundance that is different than most other festivals by virtue of the fact that they have a sundown, Sundance uh, academy essentially, they sure. they are in the, they are actively uh, in in the business of promoting filmmakers and helping them refine their craft. They have the Sundance Channel. There is a whole kind of uh, 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 array of things that Sundance has to offer to filmmakers, and I don't think many other um, film festivals can claim that they don't have that sort of support of the artist as, right. as, as Sundance does, and to their, to their credit. And, you know, it's easy to say it's kind of get cynical and jaded about it being kind of a, a flea market of films, but at the same time, yeah, well, we need this. I mean, how other right. filmmakers going to get the, get seen? And right. uh, um, so I'm very encouraged by that. That's great to hear. Um, once again, uh, we're speaking with uh, Patrick Daniels. Uh, the film is um, Ch- uh, Charlie Victor Romeo, and it's uh, opening... Uh, uh, January 31st here in Los Angeles, the downtown independent and Patrick Daniels will be there as one of the, he's a co-director, actor, screenwriter, producer of uh, Charlie Victor Romeo. He'll be at the uh, downtown. Uh, let me start over. He'll be at the downtown independent theater uh, January 31st through uh, that Sunday, uh, February 2nd to, uh, to talk to you about the film after, after, uh, did you say the uh, 7.30 screening? Was that what, or do you know? Uh, yeah, I believe on the on Friday the 31st, the, 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 the Question and answer will be after the seven thirty on Saturday. It'll be after the ten thirty. Okay. Um, and then on Sunday there will be two. I think I can't remember the screening times offhand, but it's, I believe there's like a one p.m. and a seven thirty p.m. again. Great. Um, I'm going to be around all day long on Sunday. 
great. Uh, Apparently, there's some Super Bowl event happening. Yeah, there. some stupid <laughs> bunch of a bunch of uh, yeah, pituitary cases going to run around on a on a. Anyway, all right. So, kidding. I like the Super Bowl just fine. And, all right. Uh, uh, well, uh, and let's let's kind of give out some info on uh, uh, how people can connect with the film. Uh, go ahead. Well, uh, Charlie Vicar Romeo has a website, www.charlievicarromeo.com. Okay. Uh, the Downtown Independent has a website as well, mm-hmm. certainly Googleable. Uh, I'm actually right now looking at Charlie Vicar Romeo Wikipedia page, which is a great resource um, in terms of it gives a, a little bit of information about each of the incidents that we play and a good history of the uh, the theater piece as well as film. Um, we are on Twitter, uh, Charlie Vicar Romeo Performance, uh, CVR Performance, I guess. We're on we right. have a Facebook page. Um, and we are also, all the filmmakers, including the performers and producers, are still pretty directly involved in this process. So if you reach out through our website, um, if you have questions, if you're interested in attempting uh, to help us bring Charlie Vicar Romeo to your town, um, we want to talk to whoever we can um, about whatever we can. All things Charlie Victor Romeo. We want to answer your questions and we want to talk about. It. Very good, very good. Well, I, again, um, I, I I enjoyed the heck out of the film and really it compelling, dramatic, human. Uh, it is uh, it is all those things. The 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 courage and the resourcefulness of the uh, of these people whose whose lives you're depicting in Charlie Victor Romeo is remarkable um well done <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much for for being well and, and for being here on film school today uh, the uh, director is patrick daniels uh, along with robert berger and Carl, carlin uh, michelson co-directors of charlie victor romeo thank you mike it's a real pleasure thank you You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.